Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are joining us from. I hope you guys are good and having a good week. Um, as always, you are now listening to Home Girls Unite. Please do not listen to this podcast whilst cooking, cleaning, or doing any childcare-related activities. Sit back and enjoy. Hi, guys. I hope you are doing well, and I hope you're having a good week. Um, thank you for joining me again. And I have a guest. I'm being joined by Nicole today. Hi, Nicole. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Thank you for joining me. Um, so, yeah, um, how many siblings are you fighting with at the moment? How's that going? <laughs> um, currently not fighting with either of them. I have two. So I have a younger brother who is only 10 months younger than me. And then a sister who's five years younger than me. Um, so definitely, obviously, the oldest. <laughs> um, but, you know, that dynamic between brother and sister can get a little complicated sometimes. Yeah, it it definitely does. And I think also when uh, your parents parent you through gender, I mm -hmm. think it makes things really difficult because you're like, why am I getting treated different um, because I'm a girl? Um, definitely. What's your eldest daughter experience been like growing up? So I am Mexican-American. Uh, my mom was born in Mexico and my dad was born here in the United States, but he's also uh, Mexican of Mexican descent. So we definitely did have a very, um, as they would call it, a machista culture, which is very male-dominated culture where... Um, yeah, especially as the daughter and the eldest daughter at that, you're treated very differently from your male counterparts, your brothers. Um, and so that was really frustrating growing up because I've always been very mature. And I think that definitely comes because of you know my role as the eldest daughter. But I always kind of felt like I was um, not trusted or given the amount of trust that my brother was being given just because he was a boy. Um, and so there were a lot more restrictions on where I could go out to, who I can hang out with, how long I could be out, out, you know, with friends. Um, so that was always a big point of contention in our household was why does, you know, my brother get to be out partying out late with his friends? Um, and I have to be home by a certain time. And usually it wasn't even close to midnight. I had to be home even sooner than that. And he would be out until 3 a.m. Um, so yeah, that was very challenging growing up and I think um, was a big part of me wanting to become more independent and kind of uh, move away from my family. When I started going to college, um, I decided to go to the other side of the country um, just to kind of have my independence, but also just, yeah, learn how to be responsible on my own and trust myself and make decisions for myself. Um, and that that really, I think, creating that physical distance really helped a lot. That's um, that's great that you've left. Um, when you were deciding to go to college, what was your parents' reaction that you were leaving? Were mm -hmm. they okay with it, or was there some contention? No, they were actually they were not that excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were excited that I was going to college because they've always wanted me to go, go to college. And thankfully, I always had parents that were very supportive of that. Um, but I think or I know that they 
wish I would have stayed closer to home. Um, so when I did break the news to them that I actually only applied to colleges outside of California, um, whereas where I live, um, and that I would, you know, be going to the furthest college I got into, um, especially my mom, she was pretty hurt. She was, you know, very worried, obviously, as a mom, that's natural. But I think, yeah, she was just um, a little too overprotective and really wasn't, again, the trust has always been a big issue, even though I would say I was definitely the ideal daughter <laughs> growing up following all the rules and everything like that. But there was always a sense of like, oh, I don't feel trusted by my parents to be, be responsible for myself. Um, and make decisions for myself. So yeah, there was um, a few weeks, a few weeks before I left to college where my mom was definitely giving me the silent treatment. Um, but she came around and, you know, obviously was supportive at the end um, and actually went with, I went with my whole family to get dropped off at college. Um, so that was great, but it, it definitely wasn't um, the most happy and supportive moment when I did let them know that I was going to be leaving far away to go to college. Yeah, um, I'm glad they came around. And the fact that you and your brother have 10 months between mm -hmm. you, um, did, did he go to college as well? He did, and he stayed pretty close, about two hours away. Um, he did live on campus mm -hmm. at his university, but yeah, he stayed he stayed relatively close. So, um, if if it was a case that he was gonna go out like you did, they would have probably been okay with it, right? Oh, definitely. I don't think that would have been an issue at all. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, my mom was very happy that he stayed nearby. Um, but also I don't think it would have been an issue if he decided to even go out of the country. Yeah. Well, um, I'm glad you stood your ground um, mm -hmm. and got, got your way um, in the end. How, what, what has been some of like the difficult difficulties that came with the eldest daughter role for you? Um, like for me, it's definitely guilt, um, especially mm -hmm. guilt for kind of, feeling like I'm leaving my family behind and I'm moving on with life, not necessarily with them. Do you ever have any issues about your eldest daughter role that kind of eats away at you? Where do I even start? Um, <laughs> I've only started recently kind of unraveling that and trying to work through, especially the guilt that you mentioned. Um, for me, the guilt was more so like, especially that I was living so far away, I was missing, you know, birthdays and holidays and stuff like that, because I just couldn't travel back and forth. Um, and, you know, th that came with guilt from my family telling me like, oh, you're missing out on these big events. And, um, you know, you're not being there for us. And even though I was out pursuing, you know, my career and making my own life, it always kind of felt um as if I was doing something bad because I was not with the family 24 seven within driving distance. Uh, so that was a big challenge for me. And then also trying to detach myself from my parents' dreams and goals for me, for me um, versus what I really wanted to do with my own life. Um, like I mentioned before, I would consider myself the ideal daughter. I think a lot of eldest daughters kind of have to have to be perfectionist um, so I followed all the rules. I got good grades. I went to a great school. I 
dated decent people because I wanted my parents to be proud of me. Um, and it always kind of felt like it wasn't enough. Um, there was always something else that they wanted me to achieve or whatever it was. Um, so I kind of had a realization just a few years ago that I was never really going to make them truly happy. Um, I think that they are proud of me in their own way, but you know, they don't agree that I lived with, um, with a boy, (laughs) with with my partner. Um, you know, before getting married and that relationship didn't end up working out. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, that was like a no- another conversation because they were like, wow, you moved in with him and then you didn't end up staying with him. Like, oh, the controversy. Um, so there was that. And then also just like what I wanted to do with my career and um, how much money I was making. So I kind of had a, had had to have a conversation with myself of like, am I dating people just because my parents would approve of them? Am I doing this job that I really am not passionate about just because my parents get to brag about it? Um, Am I living my life in a certain way because I don't want to disappoint them, but I'm actually very miserable because I'm not pursuing my own passions? So yeah, that was kind of um, a conversation I had to have with myself and my therapist. Um, And it's been a challenge, but for the past few years, I think especially during the pandemic, I kind of realized life is too short. You just don't know what's going to happen and you have to make yourself happy. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, Going back to the whole idea of the ideal daughter and perfectionism, which is a Mm -hmm. lot of eldest daughters suffer from that. Um, Yes. Have you reached a point yet where you're like, I don't care, like I'm going to do what I want rather than trying to impress everyone else? Mm. I think I'm a lot better, um, but I'm not fully there where I I fully don't care. I think that there is still some residual um, people-pleasing tendencies that definitely were fostered in my childhood. Um, And so, yeah, I think I have, advanced a lot from where I used to be of always doing what everyone else wanted me to do. Like, even if I didn't particularly, I don't know, like a show or like music or like a certain type of genre of music, I would still like go with someone to a concert, even though I wasn't, that wasn't something for me. Um, And so, yeah, I think I've been dealing with trying to get rid of that guilt and those people pleasing tendencies, but I'm not fully there yet. Um, but I am proud of the progress that I've made because it is definitely a lot different from what it used to be even three years ago. Um, but I think now, especially with my parents, when I do make a decision that they might not necessarily agree with, or I didn't quote unquote run it by them, um, I just let myself feel uncomfortable. I let myself, you know, feel a little bit of the guilt, um, and then move on and, you know, just do what I want to do and keep making myself happy. Um, but yeah, it, it takes a, it takes a minute to kind of get over that hump of the guilt and um, feeling like you're disappointing someone. Thank you um, for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. Looking at when you mentioned about doing things to please them, like your choice of career or dating, etc. Um, have have there been any like dreams that you chose to follow that they may not have been impressed by what you chose to do anyway? Right. Um, it's funny because it's not something you would think that they would not be impressed by. But <laughs> um, 
Recently, I decided to run for elected office uh, here in the United States for Congress. Wow. you just yeah, can't, so- you just can't drop that like it's kind of- <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So yeah, so I I um, ran for Congress this past year in my home district in California, um, where I was born and raised in the cities that I was born and raised in. Um, and so surprisingly, um, to my shock, actual actually as well, when I told my parents, they were not very supportive, um, and. I was, you know, again, I was surprised and I was like, well, I don't understand. And um, they, in a sense, were kind of discouraging me from doing it, from even trying. Uh, To be completely honest, running for that elected office was very competitive. There were so many other people running. So it was a very small chance that I would win. Um, And so I think that came into play for my parents where they were like, well, you've never done anything that you didn't know you were going to succeed at. So why are you trying to do this? Um, and I think they had a huge fear of me failing. And I don't know if that is maybe because of their own pride and ego. Um, but yeah, at, at the beginning, they were not the most supportive. They definitely weren't as enthusiastic as I thought they were going to be. And like I said, it's kind of funny because I'm doing something kind of impressive. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, no, 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 don't do that. Um, and I, I think that it created some kind of tension within our household because at the time I was living with them Um, and, you know, just to save some money, but yeah, so I was living with them and um, it was a point of tension in the household where I kind of felt that they were a little passive aggressive with whenever I would talk about uh, the campaign or things that I was doing. Um, But they came around and eventually they were very supportive um, towards the end, closer to the election Mm-hmm. Um, but it was frustrating, right? Because I was taking on something that was very scary for me. It was my first time running for office. Yeah. Um, and so I really wish I would have had their support from the get go. Um, but I think that especially my mom being an immigrant and, um, both of my parents grew up in poverty. So I think there's always this kind of fear of you can't do something. You can't try something unless you know, you're going to succeed. Yeah. Um, because what if you fail? Are you going to be embarrassed? Are you going to be sad? Or, um, you know, what if, what if you lose your job? Like what's going to happen to you? And so there's always this fear. And, um, unfortunately sometimes that fear came out as criticism. That was a little harsh from my parents. Um, so yeah, I, I do wish that they would have been more supportive in the beginning. I think that would have helped me a lot with my own confidence as I was doing something so big and intimidating. Yeah. But they eventually came around and were very supportive. And my mom was out there knocking doors with me and talking to folks to vote for me and stuff. So, <laughs> That's um, yeah, but I do think that uh, there's a lot of trauma, right, that our families are trying to work through. And especially if you grew up in a situation where, things always felt uncertain. You always want that certainty mm-hmm. and running for office is a very uncertain thing to do. <laughs> so I think that manifested in a lot of um, anger and fear from my parents that, that came out as criticism. That's, I just want to like, wow. Amazing. Like this is so cool. And I'm very impressed and um, congratulations for even taking this step um to to do such a huge thing and i i definitely agree i think a lot of parents especially immigrant parents 
mm-hmm. quite they care quite a lot about what the wider community thinks and I oh, think definitely. it's always like oh what if you don't do well um but it's mm-hmm. like okay, but what if I do well even if I do crap the fact that mm-hmm. you took that step is such a huge um thing um right you and maybe even other members of your community seeing that um Nicole's taking that step I could do that as well so I think definitely does also feed into a lot of elders daughters um the fear in failure and the Mm -hmm. need to be perfectionist because it's like ingrained in us by our parents that everything needs to be right um you Mm -hmm. can't take risks unless you know they're going to pay off um exactly so it's really hard but I'm so proud of you. Like, I'm so gassed, actually. <laughs> so um, congratulations to you. So how has it been like since that experience? Um, do you feel mm-hmm. like it gave you more confidence to do other things? How has it been? Yeah, I think it definitely has. I think, well, no, I know that that was the first time in my life. I'm 28 now. Um the first time in 28 years that I did something for myself. And I made that decision on my own because like I said, I, I did run it by them before I officially announced. And I ran it by other by other people, um, by my friends and the person that I was dating at the time. And they were, you know, my friends were more supportive than my parents, but they were also kind of like, are you sure this is kind of scary? Like, it's going to be really hard. Um, and for the first time in my life, I said, you know what, I'm just going to push away all the doubts that everyone else has about this and just really trust my gut here. Um, and I really want to do this. So I went for it. Um, there were times where I felt, you know, very alone. And I wish I did have a stronger support system, especially from my family. Um, but I realized like I can do really scary and difficult things on my own and I don't need to run them by other people. Um, so that was the biggest lesson and I'm actually planning to run for, for Congress again, for the same seat again, it's going to be open next, next year. So I'm going to try again. Um, and again, this is the first time in my life where something didn't pan out the first time, but I'm going to do it, um, once more and see how it turns out. And even if it doesn't work out again, that's okay. I, I just feel like this is something I'm doing for myself and for my community. And it's something I'm really, really passionate about. Um, I had a lot of people, especially my close friends say, this is the first time I've seen you like so excited about something. And I've been fortunate to have really great experiences in my career, but this in particular, something that was so difficult and out of my comfort zone um, was the first time I ever ever felt truly authentic to what my passions are. So yeah, it, it, it definitely elevated my confidence. Um, not to say there are moments where I, you know, have self doubt and there are moments where I wish I could reach out to my parents and ask them for advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel unfortunately they would be a little more critical than supportive. Yeah. Um, in the sense that they would be like, well, see, you're, you're anxious about this or you're scared about it. Don't do it. Like, I, I really don't want that energy. So I, I don't really share the difficult moments with them. Um, I share them with my close friends and my therapist and have that support system. But yeah, I try to shield myself from any negativity that would make me doubt myself for even a second about trying again. Yeah, that's amazing. And 
we're rooting for you. Um, Thank you. And it all goes well with um, with the next process. Um, when it comes to when it comes to your decision to do this, I feel like mm-hmm. eldest daughters we we like helping and we like um, being being there for people. What was mm-hmm. your what was your main rationale about making this decision to do this? Um, I love that point. And I think that's an honest conversation I had with myself was like, am I just trying to be the eldest daughter for my community? Um, <laughs> am I just, be, you know, the person that everyone can lean on, which is something that we as eldest daughters do um, and take on so much because we think, or, you know, we can handle it, but doesn't mean we should. Right. Um And so I had that conversation with myself and I said, you know what? Yes, there is a part of me that wants to help out my community because I do love helping people out. And maybe it does come in part from being the eldest daughter and feeling like everyone was kind of always asking me for help and depending on me. But the other part is that I just have this really deep desire to help people who are in need and especially having been so blessed with the privileges and resources that I have. I got to work in Washington, D.C. for the past few years. Um, I just want to give back. I want to give back those resources and that knowledge that I gained working on Capitol Hill in D.C. um, and provide it to my community because the community that I'm from, we are not the, the people that candidates come and talk to. We're not the voters that people care about. Um, We are working class. We are mixed status families, which means that some folks live undocumented while others have residency or citizenship. So there's always that kind of stressor of, is my family going to be torn apart? Um, We are folks who are usually the communities that um, big corporations put these very toxic chemical plants in um, that are poisoning our air and our water. So we are the folks that are always forgotten about. Um, And usually politicians don't, like I said, don't come and talk to us or don't care about the issues that we're facing. So that's where I realized that that was my passion, that I I always want to fight for the underdog and for those that are, are forgotten about because I've often been in those positions myself, but also I feel it would be a disservice not to take all the the knowledge and the experiences that I've had um, and bring them back to my community because they've given me so much. My community is the reason that I am the way that I am. And um, I feel so lucky and blessed to be from the cities that I'm, that I'm from. Um, So I just want to give back in that sense and show other people, show my community members that there is someone who cares about them in politics. Um, And that is my biggest goal is just to make people feel like they're being cared about and being listened to. And I think that last part definitely comes from (laughs) my eldest daughter experience where sometimes you don't feel like people are listening to you. Um, So, yeah, but I think at the end of the day, my biggest goal isn't to win the elected office. That would be amazing. I would be so happy. But my goal is to inspire other Mm -hmm. young women, especially women of color in my community to be like, I could try doing that too. Because I know so many of them have the same story that I have growing up in the families that we grew up in. Um, And a lot of times we're not encouraged to take these big, big risks, like we mentioned, because of failure, fear of failure. 
So if there's another little Nicole out there <laughs> who sees me trying and even see, if they see me quote unquote fail, um, maybe they'll still be inspired and be like, I could still try that. And, you know, who knows, maybe they'll be the, the ones that make it to the finish line. Absolutely true. And I agree. I, for one, I'm very inspired. And I think you're right. It's important to pe for people to see um, others that look like them take these steps so they can also um, have the confidence to do it. Um, so big up to you. As elders, mm -hmm. Thank you. Like, we take on so much sometimes and mm -hmm. often forget to prioritize our needs in terms of mental health and well-being. How do you make sure that whilst doing all these important things that you also remember another important thing, which is yourself? Definitely. I think that that is something I've struggled with just because I've never seen it in my family. Um, I think a lot of folks who have similar backgrounds to mine, especially coming from immigrant parents, were taught to work really hard and never really rest. Um, and so that is something that I kind of had to learn the hard way. It doesn't it doesn't pan out. You are eventually going to burn out, which I did burn out in 2020 just from the pandemic and the stress of all things, but also, you know, working myself too hard. And um, I just realized it's not worth it. It's not worth working yourself to the ground, even if you are doing great things like serving your community or helping out your family. Um, you can't do that from a hospital bed if you are severely sick. Um, and that's kind of where I ended up, you know, I got so sick that I did have to go to the hospital. Um, and it just became a big realization for me of like, oh, okay, I was working and helping people out and, you know, really stretching myself thin. But look at me now, I'm in a hospital bed and I can't even do anything that I enjoy or let alone help other people. Um, so yeah, I, I have taken my health and my rest very seriously, especially these past few years. Um, and that means doing things that I like to do. Like I mentioned before, there were times where I didn't even know what music I'd like to listen to or what shows I'd like to watch or what books I like to read because I was always trying to accommodate other people's interests yeah. um, and trying to be interested in the things that I thought other people wanted me to be interested in. Mm. So now I read the books that I want to read and watch the shows that I want to watch. I love reality TV, even though people think it's, you know, some people think it's trashy, but I don't care. Yeah. So I'll watch reality TV and not feel guilty about it. Um, I'll, you know, make myself a good dinner, have a, a dessert or something that I really want. And I just, I try not to ask for permission from mm -hmm. anyone anymore. Um, to rest or to do things that I like to do. If I want to go to a museum and none of my friends can go or none of them are interested or my family is not interested in going with me, I'm going to go by myself. Um, so yeah, just realizing that your rest and your interests are priority number one for you. Um, even if other people disagree, sometimes I feel like my mom thinks that I take too many naps <laughs> or that I, you know, I should be doing something on the weekends. I don't know, having another job or something, but I'm like, no, this is what I want to do for my own mental health. I want to rest. I want to sleep. I want to enjoy good food. Um, 
I want to read the books that I want to read. And that's how I prioritize my mental health, just doing things that I felt like I always had to ask other people permission for of like, is it okay if I do this? Is it okay if I sleep in today? No, just the only person you should be asking that is yourself. Does your body need rest? Okay, then it's time for you to take a nap. Um, and that's, I just listen to my body a lot more than I used to. I, I absolutely feel like there should be a study around immigrant <laughs> parents and sleeping because like they all collectively hate sleep or seeing exactly. you at peace like why are you relaxed <laughs> that's, but, so, um, that's so true yeah I don't get it it's like aren't you tired don't you want to rest um but I'm so glad that you've you've come to that point where you now prioritize your own needs and listening to your body mm -hmm. and not waiting for people to do things um which is really important because we always feel like we need like our friends or our family to to make life funner whereas we can just take take those steps on our own um, definitely so thank you for sharing that um if there's an elder's daughter out there that is thinking about taking taking a new step in life whether it's a career or they want to do a certain course at college but they're fearful of what their parents or family may think what is the one advice that you would give them the one advice i would give them is are you going to be happy with your decision that's a question you should be asking yourself um and also connected to that, are you going to regret it if you don't even try? Um, because that is something that I've been thinking about lately, about a lot of things that I didn't try, especially in college. Um, and I do have a lot of regret about that. I really had a very, I would say, like isolated college experience because I was working all the time and studying all the time. And I just felt like I had to be the perfect employee and the perfect student and the perfect daughter and not go out and, and not try new things, whether it was, I don't know, trying a new sense of style or trying a new course in college that would be fun and experimental. Um, and I have a lot of regret about that. So if I could give anyone advice would be just try it, just try it at least once. And if you don't like it, that's okay. You know, at least you gave it a shot, but I really don't want any other eldest daughters to have those regrets when they look back, especially um, at their younger years and be like, I wish I would have tried those things when I had the chance, you know, when I was in college and tried that course in acting that I was really interested in or art or whatever course you're interested in. Mm -hmm. um, because you really don't get that chance again, right? You know, once you graduate, it's kind of done. And um, I really wish I would have talked to myself back in college and been like, it's okay to try things that you're interested in. Um, it's okay to date around. You don't have to be in a committed relationship right away just because that's what your parents want. It's okay to, you know, try different um, music scenes or club scenes or whatever. Um, and just let yourself be, be creative and independent and have a good time. Um, so that would be my, my biggest advice is, you know, 
are you going to regret it? And are you going to be happy with your choice? Even if it doesn't pan out the way you thought I was going to, are you going to be happy that you tried? Um, But just, just give it a try. You know, I, I really, and I really think that the pandemic taught us this life is way, way too short. Um, You know, there were people in my close friends and family who had plans for themselves when they were going to be in their thirties or forties. And, um, unfortunately, whether, you know, they got sick from COVID or um, passed away from COVID, like a lot of those plans changed. And yeah. I've heard a lot from them of like, I wish I just would have done it when I had the chance. Yeah. Um, so just just do it. And if your parents or your family gives you bad or negative feedback, sit in that uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. It's not going to kill you. I know it feels like you're going to you're going to die <laughs> because it feels really uncomfortable and painful, but just sit in it and know that it's going to pass yeah. and you're going to be so thankful to yourself for sitting in that uncomfortable feeling and still doing it anyway. I completely agree. Um those are great tips. Thank you. Um mm-hmm. one last question. Um with your your little sister um mm-hmm. is still does she still live at home she does yes so i wanted to see have you seen a difference in how you were brought up versus how she's been brought up now definitely um i think that i definitely paved the way and broke a lot of barriers for her um mm-hmm. in the sense that i did a lot of pushback with my parents um, that now they kind of realize like, oh, maybe we don't want to raise our other daughter (laughs) in those situations in the sense of like being overbearing or being hyper-protective. So they definitely give her more freedom, which I love and I'm super happy. And um, they give her more trust and they're super encouraging of what she wants to pursue. Um, And she's really into fashion and she is kind of developing her, content creator influencer career um and that's just something that i growing up would have never brought to my parents and been like i want to try this Mm. just because they would have been like um that's not a real job but i'm so glad that they now are supportive and encouraging my sister to pursue those passions and i Mm -hmm. think that comes from them seeing like oh okay some maybe we didn't encourage nicole enough and maybe that's why some of you know the tension and and the the conflict that that existed in our relationship existed was because they weren't that supportive about certain things that I wanted to do. Yeah. So I think that, you know they learned their lessons um, to a certain extent, and especially when it comes to mental health, I was um, the first person in my family to ever go to therapy, um, and even in my extended family. And when I decided to do that, my parents were like, oh, no, what are people going to say? Like, they're going to think we're bad parents. They're going to talk badly about you. They're going to think you're like not a good daughter because you're going to therapy. But when my sister needed to go to therapy for some anxiety that she was dealing with, um, my mom actually reached out to me and was like, you know, how can we help your sister? Yeah. Um, And how like what advice do you have for her now that she's going to probably go to therapy. Um, and I was really shocked because I remember when I asked to go to therapy, my mom was like, absolutely not. So I kind of had to do it behind their back. Um, and for that, for them to kind of realize like, Oh, actually therapy is a good, a good option to help through some mental health stuff. Um, and them reaching out to me 
and asking for my advice on therapy and how to handle that and how to go through that process mm. uh, was a big step forward. So I'm really glad my sister's having a different experience from what I had growing up. Um, and I think that's kind of how generational curses are broken, right? Yeah. I could either feel a little bit of resentment, <laughs> which sometimes <laughs> I do. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I'm like, well, why didn't I have that? Yeah. Um, but I'm also just happy that they learned their lesson and they realized like, okay, we we want to change and we want to make sure our daughters feel supported. So they're working on it. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And I think um, for your sister especially, and I think mm-hmm. also it's good to see like, even if they're not changing everything that we want mm-hmm. to change, that at yeah. least they're like trying and taking those steps and realizing what they did with you versus how they want to do mm-hmm. with your sister. And yes, um, happy for your sister um, that she gets to experience it differently and hopefully more easily as well. Mm-hmm. So kudos to your parents. Um, um, that's really cool. Um, Nicole, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I really, really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, it was really nice to hear your experience and all the amazing things that you were doing. Um, do you have any questions for me? Um, if not, no worries. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah. No, thank you. And thank you for the community that you all are creating um, with Homegirls. Honestly, I'm so sad. I'm so happy to see your growth. Um, it's just incredible. Um, I started following you all when you just had a few thousand followers and now I'm seeing that you guys have, I think over 11 K. Um, so I'm so happy and, uh, everything you all post is so relatable. And let me just tell you that this is a community that's very much needed. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you all are UK based, but also in in the United States, all across the world. Um, I think a lot of eldest daughters are finding, um, support in the community that you're creating. I know that I do. And I see your tweets, especially. And I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I had. (laughs) That was exactly my experience. And having that realization of like, okay, I'm not alone, Mm -hmm. um, has made the world of a difference. So I'm so honored to have spoken with you and been a part of this conversation. And thank you so much for creating this community online, because it's so needed. um, And it, it's breaking barriers and breaking um misconceptions about what it's like to be the eldest daughter and um hopefully this this will help people um especially women of color realize that they're not alone so thank you again for creating this space thank you so much um those were really kind words and um who knows we might do a home girls in-person american event one day um (laughs) come to california (laughs) i think i will don't you worry um thank you so much nicole it was great talking to you and guys enjoy the episode as much as i did um and we'll be back next week as usual i hope you guys have a good rest of your week bye for now